In the mid-90s, the Fairley Brothers made their name with their debut feature, Dumb and Dumber. It was a movie that was dumb and dumber. And they made good on their promise in future films. With Kingpin, they made a bowling movie that had characters that were also dumb and dumber. They followed that up with There's Something About Mary, which pretty much is exactly what it sounds like. There really just was something about Mary. It showcased Cameron Diaz's comedic chops, and it showed Ben Stiller was a bonafide movie star. Later on, the Farrelly brothers wanted to make something more serious, I think, and that's why they made The Heartbreak Kid in 2007. It's about... Well, we'll show you what it's about, or we'll, we'll try. We'll try to get into it. It's, um, it's a remake of a 1970s film that's supposed to be much better than this. So we'll do our best to explain what happened with this film. And if you did watch the movie, I'm sorry. It's the Heartbreak Kid. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, please welcome to the stage in your ears. It's the rom-com gents. <laughs> turned into How's a your snake diaphragm there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, did you did you reserve Deep enough? Deflated. Here, hold on. <laughs> the rom-com dents. No, no, you got to jet. Uh, oh, <clears throat> hold on, let me push on your tummy. One, two, three. The rom-com j- We'll work. We'll go to, I think we can find like a vocal coach. Like we, I think maybe you shouldn't sit on my stomach. Maybe you should go become a model. And cause it doesn't seem like vocal. I mean, the platform that we're on is like for you. I think radio is my, is my I'm going to say, Hey, um, I'm just actually going to press the button guys. Other fellow judges. Sorry. I'm thank you for coming out. I really appreciate it. Uh, I guess I'll go back to my good looks then. <laughs> I always have that to fall back on. Why did we watch this movie? I don't know. My name is Ryan Graves. I'm Kelly Song, and I'm sorry. I just want to say sorry to all the people out there who are like, you know what? I I love the rom-com gents. They're always steering me in good directions, for the most part. And then we decided to say, why not throw this movie's Ben Stiller flick from the Fairley Brothers on our list and just take a look at it. I think it's our responsibility to look at it, but the fact that we made other people who trust us, who look to us for guidance, watch this movie to listen to this podcast, I think it's a crime. We should be locked up. We watch this movie so you don't have to. Let me tell you a story. Tell me a story, Turk. Let me tell you a story about love, D'Artagnan. I ask you about love. Quote me a sonnet. I'm not much more than an interpreter and not very good at telling stories. That's the end. What do you mean that's the end? That's not. It's the beginning of something interesting. Listen, that's the end of that saga. The end. Um, we meet Ben Stiller and his papa, Jerry Stiller. Yeah, and Jerry Stiller is like, hey, you gotta go get laid and stuff, kid. Yeah, so they're like, hey, expository dialogue, expository dialogue. What's your situation in life, Ben Stiller? Yeah, and the thing is, I'm on. I'm just gonna say real quick because I think we should say something nice before we say okay. anything else. Okay. The actors here are all putting in at least ninety to. I think they're in the realm of ninety to one hundred percent. They're they're putting in the effort. <laughs> Everyone here is trying. Everyone here <laughs> is trying. Um, like I love Jerry Stiller. Yeah, he he looks as if he is kind of doesn't quite know where his eyeline is ever mm-hmm. but i love jerry stiller yeah but i i i now see why that this movie got like most what did it get most sexist character yeah something like that <laughs> uh so uh, there jerry stiller is like son you gotta go get some pussy and it's he's like, like you uh, want to do you want to come do it with me uh, at the same time and it's and like ben oh. stiller's like nah we had another dad that was like this it was um we watched a movie where there was a dad and he was like, you know what you got to just do is go, go laid. I think it was Alan Arkin or somebody who was like, you got to go have the sex kid. Yeah. It was a maid of honor. It was, uh, it was, uh, it was his dad. Was it Alan Arkin? It was somebody who looked like him. It was Patrick Dempsey's dad. Yeah. (laughs) And so we have, I, I think this is be slowly becoming a trope. The, the gross, the greatest gen dad who thinks that you really just, 
gotta go get some sex, kid. Yeah, no thank you. <laughs> so uh, Ben Stiller's like, oh man, I'm just, I'm not ready to get married, guy. Like, you know, I, yeah. I, and when I when I have sex, it's for love. <laughs> so we know he's a good guy. Yeah, and the movie, movie's like, oh man, he's approaching 40, gotta get married, gotta take the plunge. We meet Rob Corddry, who is- Who plays against type in this movie. Yeah, he's, well- I don't know what his type is. Usually I, I see him as playing the, sometimes he can play a little sweet, yeah. but usually he is, he's not quite, who's that guy who's. He's um, the annoying coworker type. Yes, he is. But I feel like he drifts sometimes into the camp of that. Who's that guy in the office who's always on the road uh, for them, but he's like, he's also an anchor man. Oh yeah. You know, he kind of drifts into that lane every once in a while. But in this one, he was just kind of sweet. Yeah. Well, but he's also kind of a a dick, too. Yeah. (laughs) As the movie goes on. Yeah. Uh, And he's like, oh, get married. You're supposed to. (laughs) Yeah. And And then we see that his wife is... Is I guess is domineering, or he's just a pushover. He seems to be domineered by this normal woman. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, she seems a little intense just because of her facial features, but yeah. she's not doing anything weird. Yeah, and <laughs> but I don't know what the joke is. It's like, what are you saying? Like, do you like you're saying marriage is an institution that chokes you, but you got to do it anyways? Or this this particular woman is scary to him? Like, I don't get it. Yeah. But so like this all this, we, we meet this Ben Stiller, who's kind of a wet noodle ish, yeah. but he seems nice. Cause the movie's called the heartbreak kid. Oh, just a sucker. Um, and by the way, this is a remake of a 1972 film that is supposedly very good. Yeah. It's got like 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. So it's, we'll get to that. Yeah. Hopefully we watch that and it cleanses our palate a little yeah. bit. But he goes to the wedding of his ex. Mm-hmm. And he's forced to sit at like a a table of like kids basically. And like, you, you predicted this, didn't you? This joke? Because he, he has to go to this table and he's walking and he stares at it and he's like, oh no. And I'm just like, let me guess. It's the kid's table. Oh yeah. And it was the kid's table. But it, but it was the singles table <laughs> Yeah, because, because not, not unlike bridesmaids, if you go to a wedding, anything and you're single, we're going to all talk about it. And it's like, I did that for a long time and I wasn't 40, but nobody was ever like, so you're single. Yeah. Like this is, I don't know where this is a real thing. It's not a real thing. Movie. Come on, movie. (laughs) Hollywood. Maybe in LA, like if you ever go anywhere single, they're like, so you're not married. (laughs) Are you okay? Well, I I don't know. Like this is set in San Francisco, right? Like it's supposed to be land of marriages. (laughs) I mean, it's supposed to be, everyone's supposed to be chill down there. Right. Like everyone's supposed to like, be like, especially whatever you got going on. We're all swingers here. (laughs) Come on. Yeah, baby. (laughs) So (laughs) yeah. And he sees, there's like some, like there's this movie feels like they would make a bad joke, then a good joke and then a bad joke right afterwards. So I was never really there to enjoy the good joke. Yeah. And then there'd be like 10 homophobic jokes after that. Yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah. And then there would be like two moments of them making like an okay gay joke where yeah. it was like, like he walks up to a guy who he expects is the like wedding planner. And the guy's like, oh, because I'm super like, you know, this kind of gay you yeah, think effeminate I'm, and all that and and he was like no no i just thought and then like the real one shows up and he is exactly like that and they have like a moment together and i'm like okay you have the beginning of a smart prompt for something here yeah and then they just like don't follow through don't follow through and then in the next couple moments you just have a bunch of people being like gay gay yeah it's, it's like, like oh, it's so bad <laughs> i i will always be eternally grateful for the office like pivoting on those kind of jokes right because it's like we're done doing these kind of jokes because the only people doing them are michael and michael is taken down like six pegs whenever he does yeah and so it it feels like the office taught us this is not okay yeah and yet this was made in 2007 2007 or 8 it felt really outdated really outdated (laughs) (laughs) so anyway he's he makes up this story this will come into play later (laughs) he's talking to all these kids and they're all kind of bullying him about being single and it's like 
I don't know why the girl next to him cares. Yeah. Like, did you ever think about stuff like that when you were that age? No. No, of course not. Let alone why, like, some older person was I mean, single. if I was at a wedding and I was, like, 13, I wouldn't know how to talk to a 40-year-old. Yeah. I wouldn't. I just would ignore them. I would expect them to start the conversation at least. Yeah, but it, I, would, I wouldn't care about them. As some grown-up. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> and so he like makes up to get the kids off his back. He makes up this story about his wife being killed by a murderer with an ice pick or, or an ice, something. Remember that it'll, it'll <laughs> come, it'll come up. Try to forget it later though. Like remember it for now, but in about 40, 50 minutes, you can just forget about yeah, it. Yeah. So his friend and his dad are like, Oh, you gotta get married. So he's like, oh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. And then he uh, runs into Belen Ackerman. Who's being robbed by some, uh, like coke fiend who steals her purse and he Ben Stiller tries to stop him, but he gets maced by her perfume and yeah. Oh man, there's your meat cute. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. For a guy who runs a sports store, like you don't he's have to pretty flimsy. Yeah. He, and he's like, I, but granted after that point in time, they, I think they do a really good job just in this scene of establishing these two characters kind of having a meet cute. Yeah. And you know, he's, he's clearly interested in her and he doesn't quite know how to get to the next part. And so he's <laughs> awkward about it. And she, I found it very relatable. Cause I'm like, yeah, hey, I'm awkward like that. Yeah. I, I, and like, she like goes away and he's like, like, what's your name? And she yells it and he's, he yells his <laughs> name and it's weird. And it's like, uh, okay, I like this. But that's a nice human interaction. It felt good. Yeah. It, it, especially after everything else we felt where like back at the wedding, the woman who knows he's there, like the, the, the woman whose wedding he was invited to and goes to, who is his ex, starts talking about how she used to date these other horrible people, but now she's with this guy. And it's like, Jesus, like these people suck. Yeah. <laughs> like the the movie's trying to lay it on thick and it's like, I get what you're trying to do, but you're not quite, you don't. Like, I can't swallow this much peanut butter. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. What was that horse? Um what the talking horse show mr ed i'm not mr ed yeah mr ed <laughs> mr ed lived on peanut butter yeah. uh so uh yeah he meets melin ackerman who just keeps popping up in, in these movies in these movies and in our conversations this probably is her most like uh biggest role yet and i really mean biggest role like she has a lot to do yeah compared yeah, to sure. like uh the, the proposal. proposal where she has given nothing to do. She's, she's like a, a sweet, healthy candy in yeah. proposal. Um, I wish, I wish we could find the Malin Ackerman movie that is like giving her the Sandra Bullock treatment or the Catherine Heigl treatment. There's one it made in, I don't know when, but where she it's, this is happening. This it's like uh, the title is all one word, but Thank it's you like, happy more, please. Yes. Something that like one. that. I, she's not like the main character, but she's supposed she's to in it. She's supposed to be good. in it. Uh, so yeah, they, she comes to the store. Um, they start dating. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's this great montage where they just start making out all the time. Yes. And, and there's it, a great shot where they're like riding bikes and they start like making out ride, riding bikes. And she, and she falls she over. She's this perfect pratfall. That was like, such a good chuckle out of me. I'm like, good one, Fairleys. You got me. So I have to apologize to you because there was definitely a relationship that I had that started <laughs> off just like this. I'm sorry. You don't have to apologize. You can have it. I know. You but don't, I, that's fine. It was, I made out too. You you, you know. I, I, yeah, I but I feel like I did it in front of you a couple too many times. Oh, oh, oh. You're, you're retroactively apologizing yes. for... Oh, yeah. No, I got over it. Okay. I tuned you out. Thank you. I appreciate that in retrospect. <laughs> yeah. But like you were not the first friend to just have the the woman around. Sorry. Sorry the woman or any of the woman. Uh <laughs> the the objective women. No, we're not objectifying we're not you, object but the but plural yeah, you women. You know what I mean. There was only one. <laughs> But I was like, I, I have gotten very good at being like, okay, goodbye. And tuning you out why, you know, you do While we're thing. on the podcast. Yeah. I know. Um the but they, it basically establishes they are hot and heavy for each other. Yeah. But they're not really getting to know each other, except they really know their way around each other's mouths. But that's kind of how it goes at the beginning of a relationship. It's really hot and it's like you're having fun and maybe you're not getting to know each other as much as these two are. But. Sure. 
It, yeah, but you probably know each other a little, a little bit, bit more. Like they haven't had a long conversation necessarily. Right. Um, but anyway, they they have a date. They make out. They don't have sex because mm-hmm. she wants to wait and he's cool with that. Yeah, he's, and he's playing the like gentleman they, card. They have a, a really dumb like plot conversation, which she's like, sorry that you have to go home. And he's like, no, it's cool. And that's like the scene. Yeah, it felt really, I think just to establish, they have yet, not yet had sex. Yeah, yeah. We're going to have some funny sex scenes later. And of course, the like we have scenes with Jerry Stiller and Rob Corddry coming over and being like, you got to get married. You What's your problem? Married. Why are you married? And, he, and he's like, well, it's, oh, and the only reason he's thinking about getting married is because she's going to get transferred to Germany because she's doing this research job yeah. that, um, you know, she's... I'm going to be transferred to Germany for, and they only don't transfer you if you're married. Right. And he's like, maybe I should get married then. (laughs) It's like, this is not a reason to get married. Yeah. This is dumb and bad. And, and he has a lot of reservations. Like he says, the first thing he says is she has no sense of humor. Don't run. (laughs) Don't. You got to have, you got to have that. That's one of the most essential parts. Yeah. Like, and I think humor being subjective means that maybe she has a sense of humor for someone. Yeah. But run. Yeah. No, relationships should be fun. But then his stupid dad and his stupid friend are like, no, you have to get married because you have to. Yeah. And, you know, we eventually get that Rob Corddry is like totally depressed and totally repressed by this marriage that he's in. Yeah. And I don't know if he's just a sack or they're just saying we're all sacks for getting married and the institution of marriage is dumb. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I don't, I don't know. (laughs) Or if there's, or if they even thought about it. Yeah. I don't think they thought about it. So they get married and he, you know, there's, there's some, I get where you're coming from fairly brothers. Mm -hmm. Like I get the, the joke is here, but there's like this, this earlier joke about like in, in the first wedding where him and Rob Corddry are looking at his ex's mom and they're like, "Mm, good genes because Mm -hmm. the mom's still hot. And then we meet Melina Ackerman's mom and they're like, see, she's ugly and has gained a lot of weight. And so (laughs) Melina Ackerman, that's the way she's going to go. Isn't this person ugly? Which is so psychotic to me because these are the filmmakers who made shallow how and shallow how I don't know how well it's aged but Shallow Hal is the whole point of Shallow Hal is let's stop judging people by their physical appearance, full stop. And let's stop assuming people who they are and their value by their physical appearance. It's like they went 10 steps, 10 million steps it, backwards yeah. with jokes like this, where it's like, that's just mean. That's yeah. not funny. That's mean. Because it didn't, it didn't need, like, you didn't need to have, you didn't need to have Ben Stiller care about it. But yeah, you did. Yeah. And so now we get it's like, oh, Ben Stiller's kind of, uh, I don't know, uh, what's the word? Um, like, and, and there is a, here, I'm, I'm just going to play devil's advocate here mm-hmm. for a second. There is a, I think there's a dark part in most humans mm-hmm. where we worry about stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but while you're still establishing, like whether I like a character or not, don't make it gross and blatant like that. Yeah. And I, but I think there's a deeper human thing that we need to ask ourselves. Cause like you think about the vows you take when you get married, uh-huh. you know, f- for better or worse, for sicker or mm-hmm. not sicker. I should know these. I got married and we run a romance podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, did, did you didn't, ha- did, I guess you did more traditional vows, didn't you? Yeah. But I don't remember those questions being in there. Nonetheless, they were pretty strict vows. <laughs> we took them, but the whole point is you think about getting married and you think about the implications of what that will truly mean. It's like, well, what if, what if I get in this like car accident and like three quarters of them are going to be missing and mm-hmm. like I have to take care of them like day and night and like I have to be at their beck and call and like they won't look like themselves like their face will be melted off like all these things but then then will you still get married and you, you have to ask yourself that question seriously it's like yeah no well, I love all of them and like like you think about like real life relationships that have been tested like this and brought to film like I'm thinking um 
Theory of Everything? Uh, yeah. I haven't seen Theory of Everything, okay, but I'll well, go with it. Well, basically, um, oh, why, why am I spacing? Stephen on? Hawking. Stephen Hawking. Him and his wife divorce at one point in time. Mm. Um, and he, and this is when, you know, he's been in a wheelchair for a long time and she has another man in her life that she's fallen in love with who can basically give her a different life than the one that she has now. And they part on extremely amiable terms because of this. Mm -hmm. And it's like, these are very adult ways to look at this. Yeah. Um, we're watching a fairly brother movie, (laughs) so it is, it is. It's funny because we're watching, like, let's say we're watching something about Mary. Yeah. I feel like that movie establishes so much better the ridiculousness of a world. Absolutely. Where I'm like, okay, I, this is maybe not like the most healthy way to be, but we're living in a crazy world. It's a farcical world and there's something about Mary. So we'll just buy what you're throwing at us. But this movie is so straightforward at times that the weird or gross stuff just hits strange yeah it's just weird little things that stick out like there's this sight gag where jerry stiller's in vegas and he's hanging out with this woman who has yeah. gigantic breast implants and the it's supposed giant. to be it's supposed to be like you're just kind of like, like flo- ah they're like flotation devices yeah and it's like i i get the joke it's just i don't know why it's here yeah exactly and the thing is, I think this movie, I think the plot of this movie, and maybe that's what ni- the 1972 version, if if taken more seriously, and still, you could still make it a comedy, but don't gag it up all over the place. Yeah. I think it's a good story. Yeah. So let's just tell them what happens. Okay. So they go on their honeymoon and right away, they like start singing a song that they love in the car. Um, together, but then every other song that she sings is annoying as crap and she yeah. won't stop singing and he is getting more and more annoyed. But then she's like, hey, do you want to have sex? And they go to have sex and she, like, they're like... They're in a position, I'm like, how does this work? Like, <laughs> I don't know how he was pointed in the correct direction. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. They're, yeah. Um, so there's... they they They're having sex and, she, like, the gag is she is way into like hard sex and he's like i just want to do normal sex yeah and but she's like i want it hard (laughs) and it's it's just that they're like but usually you'd think the guy would be the one right so she's very sexually scary which yeah was certainly conveyed so they they got that communicated And, and like i said the actors are going 110% in this. Yeah, totally. They're great. The great yeah. actors are great. It's just the script and the direction is like, I don't know. I don't know, you guys. Uh, so, they, yeah. They get down to Mexico, and she's just getting progressively more annoying. And, and he's finding out more about her. Like, she has, like, this septum that has happened, like, this broken septum that's happened because... She used to be addicted to blow, and it's yeah. like, all these, oh, whoa. And, and, like, more and more is coming out throughout this. Like, she's hugely in debt. Her job is actually a volunteership. She doesn't have a job, and she's $26,000 in debt. Yeah, which it's just like, I, I get I get what you're trying to do, but, like, how does she have any money at all? Yeah. Like, how can she own anything? Like, like if she doesn't work at all? Yeah. <laughs> and like, also like, how doesn't like the weird thing about this is he doesn't know any of this and they've been together. They were only together for six weeks before they decided to get married. Yeah. But in none of that time, did you ask any of these questions? He's not that dumb of a character. Yeah. Like maybe if he was Bobby Boucher from the water boy, maybe yeah, then, <laughs> maybe then, but he owns a business. <laughs> he has to like order stuff all the time. Like, like he's, he's a, He's a guy that has to be a, at least a little meticulous about something. Yeah. I don't, I just don't know how this happened. <laughs> <laughs> what happened, you guys? So uh, basically what happens to the male act is eventually he meets Michelle Monaghan. Who's great. And she's lovely. Who and- we also saw in Maid of Honor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was the best thing about the movie. <sighs> Actually, Actually, I will say that our Scottish Lord was the best thing yeah, about that Kevin movie. McKid. Come Kevin McKidd. Kevin McKidd. Kevin uh, McKidd. And she's charming as hell. And Ben Stiller's like, yeah. oh my God, you're charming as hell. And Melanie Ackerman's just getting worse and worse and worse. And uh, it's turning into the honeymoon from hell. And yeah. eventually Ben Stiller's like, I don't really want to hang out with my wife. I kind of want to just hang out with Michelle Monaghan. So he does. Yeah, because like at one point in time, she invites him to like 
like have drinks like some she she saves him from being embarrassed and also like their the beginning of their relationship is established with him not actually renting porn but her thinking that he is yeah and but she's like ah that's fine <laughs> um not not that you can't rent porn but it was just such an awkward moment right um and so she he ends up hanging out with her family and they're really sweet. Yeah. Also, it has Danny McBride as his, her crazy cousin. Oh, yeah. That's He's right. great. He's, He's hilarious. Yeah. And and I like him playing an intense character who's not like really crazy intense. Yeah. I think he plays that really well. Yeah. But he's got like all these people are, are just so great. Yeah. Like, like they really create a weird cast of characters here because they're all from Mississippi, but they're in Cabo San Lucas. Yeah. And... I love that one of them's named Beryl. Robin yeah, and I really love the I name Beryl. Yeah, I was like, Beryl! That's Robin's little nickname. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just really good. And but the family, the movie, not so good. No. Oh, also, uh, Stephanie Courtney, who plays Gala, which is just one of the cousins, uh, she has this line. lady. She what? She's the progressive lady. She is the progressive lady. Yeah. She delivers this amazing line where she says, we were having our morning coffee and <laughs> as if like, like this is our morning coffee. This is our afternoon coffee. And she just delivers it with such a plum. I was like, if nothing else, I am so glad I watched this movie for that line. Read. Yeah. Like they're, they're fantastic. But Ben Stiller fails to mention that he's on his honeymoon to this whole family, right. including Michelle Monaghan. Because thinks, he doesn't want to be on it right now. Yeah. And so she thinks he's free and clear. And so she's like definitely giving up vibes. Right. And, and they get feeling. high on the beach together and they yeah. chill out. And, and it's she really fantastic. Him. Fantastic chemistry. And what's great about the movie is that when we meet Melanie Ackerman in the beginning of the movie, they have some chemistry and we're like, yeah, this is pretty, it's pretty good. They're, they're right. very hot and heavy. But then, then Michelle Monaghan. And it's like, we, oh, these, these, these two should be together. They have like the same beginning chemistry, except she seems sane. Yeah. Right. Um, so Melanie Ackerman gets super burnt to a crisp. Yeah. At one point in time, um, because she wants to put on oil instead of sunscreen. And basically she's just like, Ben Stiller, go do whatever you want. I'm going to stay here Yeah, because I'm, I'm ouchy. And so he goes and has a great day with Michelle Monaghan and great. But then he comes home later and then she's really, really mad at him for being gone so long. On their honeymoon. On their honeymoon. And, and it's like at this point in time where I'm like, uh, like I, I got back on board with Ben Stiller's team when i realized that oh you've made a mistake and you've realized it and you're trying to be a nice guy because they try to reset every once in a while yeah and i'm like okay okay you made that quip about her mom with your eyes and i didn't like that but okay i i'm still rooting for you to at least get out of this relationship yeah like maybe there's a way you can like very nicely extricate yourself from this situation with this horrible mistake that you've made right and be with Michelle Monaghan, this is a good conundrum for you to be in. Right. I like it. I sympathize I, with it. Exactly. And and like as a plot in a film, it's good. It's a delicious plot. Because it's like, ooh, like how are you going to do the right thing? You got to really, you got to play this real careful. Yeah. But, but then. They, 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 don't, they don't make outside forces keep necessarily keep him from saying the right thing. All he does is lie through his teeth. Here's where it's the movie, bad. here's where the movie just careens off a hill. And it's like. Wow, you guys, you really just kicked the bucket. Like, yeah, I mean, you you took your character and instead of like having him walk up to somebody and hand them flowers, he literally handed them a note that said, "Oh, I'm sorry, I kicked your puppy off a bridge." Yeah, like take a romantic comedy protagonist and instead of <laughs> instead of Hugh Granting them, you Walter White them. Yes. Yeah, he broke bad in this movie. He breaks so bad where you're just watching with your mouth open as this guy lies and gaslights Melanie Ackerman. Yeah, and you're it's like, the gaslight because fuck? she because she like apologizes and it's here's the thing they they like try to bring her around as being like oh I'm I'm kind of sweet and normal now and it's like well no you're not either you can't <laughs> swing me that way movie but also Ben Stiller. Is, You're a monster. Like turns into a monster just to escape her. Yeah. When and I here, I have had a hard time breaking up with someone before, multiple times. Yeah. Um, I have had a like like moments where it's like, ooh, this is a very special occasion to do this right now would be in poor form. But <laughs> you know who could do I, this? But I have not 
lied to somebody and gaslit them so that I could go be with someone else just because we were in a fight. And we'll get to the end of this movie and we'll kind of retroactively, the ending, the actual specific ending to this movie kind of informs why they are doing what they're doing in this film. Yeah. But I think they did it so poorly that it doesn't come off at all. But I think maybe this would have worked if it was a crazy Peter Sellers hijinks movie. Yeah. Or like a crazy, uh, like I feel like Jack Lemon could have yeah. convinced us that even if he was lying to her, we're kind of like, no, it makes sense. Like, <laughs> right. Jack Lemon is the one who could be like, come on, you guys get on my team. I, I do think that if you had, um, if you had somebody, because I even think Ben Stiller could pull, I don't think he's the best person to pull it off, but I think he's a, a good enough actor to pull it off. But I think you need a different kind of directing group yeah, in order to like, because all of all, I'm sorry, all the Fairly Brother, like ulterior characters and sometimes even their main characters all kind of suck. Yeah. And they know it. Like yeah. that's the whole point of there's something about Mary. That is exactly what they're trying yes. to say. And, and I am a okay with that, but you can't do it like this. Yeah. I'm not, not in any way where I'm going to be like, yeah, I'd like to even look at the box of this movie again. (laughs) (laughs) So he goes and hangs out with Michelle Monaghan and the last half of the movie, he's just trying to have his cake and eat it too. But then he's like, okay, I'm going to try and break up with Mullen Ackerman and hijinks are had and things go poorly. And there's some really weird gags. Like that was just weird. That wasn't funny. Like there's this, this uh, group of mariachi that are following them around all the time playing for, for them. And so he can't like say what he needs to say, but it's more like, it's more lazy. Yeah. Because it's like Melinda Ackerman, like they do like this misinterpreted dialogue gag. And then like, yeah, but I could see that gag coming a mile off. It's just, and you just keep playing it and playing it. It's like, Fairly Brothers, I know you're better than this. Yeah. But maybe you're not. Because <laughs> there's this thing where the there's these two kids who are at the wedding from the beginning oh, yeah. of the movie, and they like are like, oh, yeah, that dude's wife was killed by, and so, by an ice pick so person. So Michelle Monaghan's family finds out, tells her. And so, she, like, this this actually I, I am kind of okay with as far as the, like, comedy of misunderstanding. Yeah. I'm already exhausted by the setup of it. No, I am too. But like basically Michelle Monaghan thinks his wife died. And so he's like, but he thinks that she's talking about the fact that he's with somebody else on the Island. Yeah. And I'm just like, where are the Frasier writers? They know how to do this. Exactly. It it did feel like a sitcom plot. Yeah. You know, where he wouldn't get together with somebody at the end because of too much misunderstanding. Frasier, that is the kind of thing where Frasier does things that are like selfish and repre- reprehensible sometimes. In a but it's way. like, but it's like, I get it, right? Or like y- you're you're rooting for Frasier the whole time, and it's just one tiny little misunderstanding like mm-hmm. this that happens that throws off his whole game. Yeah, and it's like unfortunate at the end because it was like he was trying, and he finally found somebody that, if not for this one thing that happened at the beginning, he might have been able to be with. Yeah. But Ben Stiller, I can't root for this guy. Not at all. Um, I'm just hating who this person is. And so he like is trying to break up with Mullen Ackerman and then Danny McBride and the other cousin show up and they're like, they like find him out and he tells Michelle Monaghan and Michelle Monaghan like falls off a thing and he tries to save her and then he gets stung by a man of war and then Mullen Ackerman pees on him. <laughs> it's just... It's just really weird, but and so the the fallout and this no movie, no no you have to we can't skip over oh it. so there's this weird gag where earlier in the movie she's like are you okay that I'm not shaved down there and he's like that's fine like why are we talking about this yeah <laughs> and she's like are you weirded out by my piercing it's like no <laughs> and then like the movie has her like take down her drawers and there's like this weird like ah her pubic hair like flashed at us yeah it's there's like, it's a it's called a uh uh it's called a prince albert right and and it just like it just floofs out at you and it's just like fairly brothers this is dumb and this bad. is not like <laughs> i don't i don't know who watched that moment in the movie and was like oh oh i get it she has a big bush <laughs> <laughs> like that humor 
like it was written figured, by a like a sixth grader. They weren't even in middle school. That yet. type of humor worked astonishingly well. And there's something about Mary when he zips his pants wrong. Right. Or or with, like when, when the jizz is in the hair. But, with but the sunburnt chest, yeah, all it, that stuff. It all works because it's like contextualized within a joke. And you never expect it, but it yeah. makes sense. You're like, oh. But, but this, this one, you, weird. you see, like I felt it coming and I like just reached for the couch around me and I was like, I have nothing to hold on to right now. Oh yeah. no, here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. Uh. And she just pees on him in front of like a whole bunch of people. And it's just like, oh, uh. uh. <laughs> it's exhausting. Yeah. So <laughs> it also should be mentioned that this movie is two hours, achingly long hours. There's this extended sequence where he gets stranded in Mexico because Malin Ackerman leaves and Michelle Monaghan, Monaghan leaves and he's been broken up by both of oh, them. We haven't even talked about Carlos Mencia. He's um, here. <laughs> he's He is a talent, I think, but God, he is just... a. a he's obnoxious in this he's movie. He's obnoxious. His character's obnoxious. And he has to play an obnoxious character. And he also puts his uh, penis in Malin Ackerman's hand at one point in time, and the worst thing that Ben Stiller can think is, you can't do that to another man's wife. Yeah. Not, not that that's like <laughs> also a little bit unwanted sexual touch. Yeah. That, that's just, you know... <sighs> So he gets stuck in Mexico and there's this long sequence where he has to like become an illegal immigrant with all these other caravans and he's trying to get through. And there's just a long sequence of this. I'm like, we get it. Yeah. And if I mean, talk about something feeling kind of aged at this point in time. So aged. Good Lord. (laughs) And there's like a gag where it's like, that doesn't even make sense where he finally gets to a train and these like guys yeah, like yeah. welcome on. Yeah, they pull him on just so they can beat him up and throw him back off. It's like right. why? What this works in is something like a um like a Buster Keaton kind of Maybe shtick. a Mel Brooks movie. Yeah, maybe a Mel Brooks movie, but there's always context to the joke, yeah. right? Where they pull him on, rob him, and then kick him off. Yeah. But he's so poor. What's that, the reason wh- in why, beating this guy pull, up? Why pull him on? And then also why beat him up? That doesn't <laughs> it, it it's and just to get that shot with that <laughs> stuntman, that must have taken a day. Like, why did you guys spend your time on that? I feel like the stuntman is like, you want me to do that? They're like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, are you sure? <laughs> I don't know if this is worth it, you guys. And so the movie gets more and more absurd where basically Ben Stiller finally makes it to Mississippi to speak to Michelle Monaghan. He hasn't cleaned himself up. And his dad's like, don't you want to clean yourself up? And he says, reasons. And he like walks. Yeah, you look like a a ragamuffin. Yeah, he he does look like he's been living in the desert for a month. Yeah. So or two months. I mean, that's a long beard for a month of not shaving. Yeah. And so then he like tries to get with Michelle Monaghan, but she's already married, and there's a fight, and then he leaves, and then eighteen months pass by, <laughs> and he's back in Cabo. He's in Cabo. He's got a job in Cabo. He's, he's a permanent vacationer. Yeah, he's trying not to let it get him down that he had this weird experience. He's trying to live a better life. And we're like, okay, good for you. And then Michelle Monaghan shows up and she's like, hey, I'm back. It's like, oh, where's your husband? And she's like, oh, we broke up. It's like, oh my god. And then they have this little moment together. Yeah, it's like, and oh, she's like, you should come hang out he's and like, maybe we'll get together and now. And the movie's like, oh, this is great. And then we meet Ben Stiller's gr- girlfriend of a whole year. No, um, um, a wife. Were they married married? Yeah. Oh, okay. His other wife. And she's she seems beautiful and lovely and wonderful in all, all the ways. And yeah. She doesn't seem crazy and like they, they've Ackerman. been together for a year, so it's not a Melinda Ackerman situation. Yeah. And she's like, I'm so glad we're together. And he's like, uh, ha, ha. Yeah. And he and looks he, back at Michelle he, Monaghan and he's like, Fuck! How am I gonna get to do? How am I gonna be able to figure and, this out? And he pulls the same line that he pulled on Malin Ackerman earlier, where she's like, "Do you have news for me or, or something?" And he's like, "Well, I, you know, you're not gonna like it at first, but in the long run, it'll be great." And so it's like, so you're just gonna do the same thing? Yeah. And the movie ends, and it's like that's the punchline where it's like our main character didn't learn a thing, and he's gonna make the same mistake. Isn't that hilarious? And we're like, no. Like, was this at somebody? Like, did they did they write this movie at somebody they knew who did this? Like, like I, I think the whole thing was like, uh, didn't see that one coming. You thought we were going to do the Hollywood thing where we're going to have them learn a lesson and be redeemed and 
you know, find love for real. But that would have been fine. I would have taken that. <laughs> but no, we're not going to do that. We're going to make it so that he doesn't learn a thing, and he just repeats the same mistakes. Get it? <laughs> it's the worst joke I think I've ever, and the longest joke. I think I've ever heard. And I think it's because they were going for like that surprise because you're so accustomed to rom-coms having that Hollywood ending. And they're like, we're not going to give you that. We're going to give you something different. It's like Mel Brooks could have done that. Mel Brooks could have gave us something where they go into the commissary of Paramount Studios and have a pie fight. I right. didn't see that coming at all. Yeah, exactly. That well, was surprising. Yeah. Mel Brooks did this in, gosh, uh, Blazing Saddles. That's like, what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like, oh, wait, we're getting happening? meta here? But no, this is literally like if somebody walked into a Mexican restaurant earlier in the movie, they ate food and got sick. And <laughs> then they're like, aha, at the end of the movie, we're going to have them go into a Mexican restaurant again. And you think the gag is they'll get sick, but then they'll say, I brought Pepto-Bismol. <laughs> And it's like, oh, fun, funny? Yeah. I guess? It's kind of like, um, so I have uh, theme parks on my mind because I yes. was at Disneyland last I'm week. so jealous. Um, five years ago, I went to and did the Disneyland thing, but we also did Universal Studios. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did the Jurassic Park ride. The Jurassic Park ride, have you ever done the Jurassic yeah, Park ride? Like the car falling over the thing? and Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's good. So it's like Splash Mountain, basically. Right. Yeah, except it, it goes da 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 dum yeah. dum. Mm-hmm. But you get way wetter when yes, you do Jurassic Park. And I remember vividly, I was sitting next to my sister in law when we did it. And the, <laughs> well, that's because they have they have those uh the Dilophosaurus is spraying you with water and you're like, I'm gonna go blind. Yeah. <laughs> the ride ends, Jurassic Park ride ends, and you just get you just get soaked. You get soaked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I remember vividly, my sister in law just goes, That was cheap. <laughs> like she like did not have a good time on this ride because she just got super wet and it wasn't fun the way that she got splashed. Uh-huh. Whereas Splash Mountain, maybe you'll get wet, maybe you won't, depending on where you're sitting. But it's, it's a good time on yeah. Splash Mountain. It's not cheap. I feel like what this was, was we went down the ride, we uh-huh. got wet, uh-huh. and then the Fairley brothers came up to us and they're like, grinning and giggling at us and, and we're dumped, looking at them they dumped and they just water on us dumped buckets of water on they're like <laughs> and they're like <laughs> the same way that harry lloyd last and that guy having a heart attack and dumb and dumber it's like yeah okay great guys was the joke that i had a bad time okay. and you're like laughing at me speaking of dumb and dumber okay so <laughs> we have in that movie there are a couple of characters who Make basically all the wrong choices. And then they never learn from it because they're called dumb Dumb and and dumber. dumber. We know. (laughs) But it works so well in that movie because there's no pretense. We know exactly what we're getting into. But but with Ben Stiller, I don't know what you guys want me to think about him. I think they wrote a Walter White character. I think they wrote a character that defied what our expectations of a rom-com yeah. character should be. But it's like if they wrote Walter White, and I'm sorry, if you haven't seen the end of Breaking Bad. Oh, I haven't, so don't ruin it. Okay, so it would be like if they like broke Walter White bad for four seasons, then in the fifth season, like randomly, they're like, actually, he's really nice. Until like the last episode where he grins at the <laughs> audience and is like, am I? <laughs> <laughs> no, but Dumb and Dumber is such a good comparison because Dumb and Dumber, it's like you don't need them to have a character arc because the whole time is that it's a gag fest. And exactly. you're just having a wonderful time. This movie is not a gag fest. This well, movie is a romantic comedy. I don't. Yeah. And I don't even think that they know, like, if they wanted Ben Stiller to break bad somehow, they didn't tell me why he did or how or even like. Like, they didn't even set up a character to break bad. Yeah, because by the end of the movie, you're just watching a guy you hate. Like, yeah, what, and not for any good reason. He just broke bad because he made a bad decision. And look, we're not, <laughs> we're not saying that your movies always have to have sympathetic characters that you want to no. see redeemed. No, I, I, I can watch a bad guy as long as it's interesting. Like, The Godfather is the greatest story of a good person become totally corrupted. Uh-huh. And what we're seeing in this movie is a character who's fine, and then he gets corrupted by things. By, but no, by himself. By himself. Like, like, kind of his dad and his friend, but he makes a, a bad decision, and then he can't make a good decision. But the, the, movie, <laughs> get out of it. the movie ends, and they try to do this surprise gag, like, get it? And it's really, they really are just laughing at, wow, 
we made you waste two hours of your life. Really, they are because I'm I'm trying to think of like why, like him and Mullen Ackerman, they try to kind of get me on board with a relationship in this movie. Yeah, and then at the end of the movie, they're like, "Okay, here you go." I know we put you through a lot, and I'm like, at this point, I don't care, but sure. And then they're like. But may, will 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 he get her this time, or is it going to be the same issue? Oh my God. And it's like, <laughs> why would I care about this? I didn't care about it the first time. And I really, lo- I ha- I YouTubed ending of There's Something About Mary. I'm like, did they do this with that one? And they did. They did it where they, the guy who's romancing Malda, the old lady, tries to shoot Ben Stiller because he's the one who wanted Cameron Diaz too. But he 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 shoots the musicians, and it like is this great fourth wall being broken just as the movie's ending and like that was a great surprise ending to a movie that actually had a narrative arc and wasn't it was both a gag fest but they also had something to say about mm-hmm. the human condition as gross as they were about it sure. but they still they still said something and it, and it was it rose to the level of i think i would say mel brooks of like comedy that that says something Maybe not the best Mel Brooks, okay, but, okay. but uh, <laughs> it's it, it's certainly more artful than Dumb and Dumber was. But, yeah, I, I'm I'm 100 on board with what you're saying. But this, no, <laughs> like I I guess what they're saying is, if if you haven't gotten married by 40, you probably shouldn't because there's a reason. Yeah, I guess <laughs> is what they're saying. But there's something about Mary does such a better job because they do make these kind of acidic observations yeah and you're kind of like you're not wrong yeah. <laughs> like we're like y- you got some good points i don't like how you're saying it but i can't disagree with you yeah that is the shock comedy value that you come to expect from the Fairley brothers yeah but i don't know man i'm just i'm willing to leave this one in the trash pile yep well meet me at the trash pile wall where we will have some trope talk after the break Welcome back to Trope Talk. It's like Recycle Talk, <laughs> because we're going to take something from this movie and just make it better, make I something guess. new, make something new of it. I, I don't even want to, I don't want to dignify the movie with a Trope Talk. <laughs> the trope is you're bad. You're very bad. We don't like you're you. You're bad and you should feel bad about it. I, well, maybe we can take the opportunity and say, was there anything about it that we did like? Yeah, yeah, because I don't, like, I don't even want to trope talk this movie i would like to s- try to see if there's something let's let's just go you say something and i'll say something i feel bad about it but mm-hmm. i did laugh several times no i did too like there were a lot of funny bits there i i think it is because they are generally good at comedy yeah when they hit the button yeah um and ben stiller is a good comedian yeah and it's just weird because like there's a lot of scenes where it gets the Fairley brothers touch. Yeah. And that's good. Depending on whether your story should have the Fairley brothers touch. This movie shouldn't have had the Fairley brothers touch. No. Ew. If it was, if it was going to be remade by someone, I don't know, not them. Like no. they're my last choice. Yeah. And I don't know if they had a passion for the story and it was all them trying to get the movie made or if the studio was like, remakes are what's hot right now. Who do we get? Let's get the Fairley Brothers. They'll know what to do with it. I, I do think that this movie probably, like if you're going to make this plot work, I think you need subtle comedy. Yeah. I think you need somebody like, I'm just thinking of The Apartment right now. This would have been well done by Billy Wilder. Just because like, like you have this guy who's doing something uh, that's pretty iffy morally, but we sympathize with him and we have like this other woman who's doing something that is morally tricky, but we sympathize with her and then we want them to get together at the end. We want them to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like a director like, Billy Wilder would have like yeah. he would have been like okay I can thread this needle yeah and I can I can make somebody wanting to fall in love with somebody else on their honeymoon both believable sad understandable and funny and make it a great comic problem yes exactly because that's what it is it is it is simply it is a tragic problem that is given the rather than given like time to be funny. It's like it is funny right now because 
of his his tragedy, right? In this moment, there's enough pressure to make it funny. Yeah. <sighs> so, so you laughed at some parts. So yeah. So you laughed at you laughed at some jokes. I'm gonna say the whole family was good. Yeah. Um, like the the comedy got charming. Mm-hmm. The uh, characters themselves all felt like real characters. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I liked the family. <laughs> oh oh, I got another one. I think the opening scene where he and Jerry Stiller are walking along, father uh-huh. and son. Uh, which is nice. It's nice that, you know, a um, dad and his son can act together in a movie, I guess. Um, I uh-huh. think that corner is actually where the uh, butcher shop was in. Uh, so I married an ex murderer. That's what I thought. Yeah. It, was, it was looking very uh, so I married an ex murderer. Yeah, which is also set in San Francisco, but I think that's the actual corner. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I could be wrong, but I, I, I saw it and I was like immediately like, mm, we I should think go that's to the that corner. corner. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um, that's all we got. Melan Ackerman has some good boobs. <laughs> if if I'm going to get on the level of this movie right now. That seems to be the level it wants you on. Ben Stiller is ripped. Yeah. I Good for him. Yeah, good for him. Um, I'm like looking at IMDb to see if I can't. Michelle Monaghan seems like a super nice individual. Yeah. I want to hang out with her. Okay. <laughs> Let's chill. Yeah. So... Like we said, we're sorry, but most, most days we're taking a really good, think about this. If you didn't watch this movie, and we, we don't want you to, and ever. we don't want you, you, you will never do it just because of what we've said so far. We've, we've done you a service. We have. And if you want to pay us back for that service, you can go right on over to patreon.com slash romcom gents and join our Patreon. <laughs> Ryan, you wrote, up oh, here it is. An essay, speaking of Disneyland, which you talked about earlier, you kind of just wanted to update people on, like, what it's like at Disneyland these days. Fucking expensive. Yeah. <laughs> but there's good things. There's some great things. Still still clean, still fun. How are the bathrooms? Bathrooms are very clean. Very good. Although, there was a weird problem. There was a shortage of soap. Oh. Well, I don't know well, what that's that prob- was about. I mean, yeah, it's probably because a lot of people are making sure to wash their hands these days. Yeah. I mean, good job, everybody. Um, but yeah, I, Disneyland in the state of 2022. Yeah, I, I haven't been in about seven years, but I've been to Disneyland about 20 times growing up. Mm-hmm. And so I was supremely jealous of you going because it's just it has a near and dear place to my heart. And I can't read, wait to read your essay. I, I mean, start just kind of, you know, somewhat preparing for it. I think you guys should go in like three or four years would be a good good time good age i think i'd like to take robin because she's never been yeah i think i'd like to take her before elowen comes of age ah that way we can just go experience it and have fun and she can hang out at her grandparents or something um and then bring her like that next time yeah you know yeah because theo is like not really aware of what he was doing (laughs) well he's two and a half so yeah uh so yeah disneyland you guys, the fast pass system has been broken. It's replaced by a la carte lightning lane, which you have to pay for. I'll get into it. I'm, I'm livid, but that's uh, something for another day. What I am really excited about is our Gilmore Girls episode, which should be out now. Our bonus episode, which should be out now. Um, we've got what else? We got we got um, the poll, June got, poll. We got June poll. Last month we did everything everywhere all at once, and so that's our most recent bonus episode. Our June poll is summer movies. <laughs> We've got 50 First Dates in the lead, mm-hmm. followed by Mystic Pizza, 500 Days of Summer, and then Summertime. Um, it, we have one more person that has yet to vote on the Patreon, and if you jump on, you can you can sway this. Like it's all it's pretty neck and neck as it is right now. Yeah, but um, I'm I'm very excited to see where this goes. I'm happy for any of them being chosen. Well, um, we should say. 50 First Dates is winning. That's what I was saying. 50 First Dates, then Mystic yeah. Pizza, then Five. If you want 50 First Dates to stay winning, jump on there and vote. Or help out 500 Days of Summer, because I kind of want to get to that. Uh, Mystic Pizza is closest to 500. It's true. It's 50 first, 500 First Dates. <laughs> um, but I, I kind of want to watch that one. So I think the two movies that we really want to watch are in second and third place. Come to our Patreon and change that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have till the end of the month. So vote, read, and listen. Yes. All the Patreon. Uh, I think that's going to throw us over right over to Romcom. Oscar!
Jesus, I can't wait to be done with this <laughs> particular movie's episode. Oof. Uh, yeah. Um, how about an Oscar for... Uh, is Malin Ackerman a Bellamy? No. <laughs> yeah, because she she doesn't break up with like it's he doesn't break up with her and then she's like oh it's okay yeah so no she's not a Bellamy. Uh, okay, can I say? Uh huh. I'd like to hear your Oscar and then I'll get into mine. Never mind. No, no. Say what you say. No, no. It's it's going to be in a different segment. Oh, okay. I I'm gonna give. Best hair and makeup, only out of sheer will of effort. Yeah, because they had to like design a uh, what do you call those? Prince Albert. But like the whole the whole thing, the kit and caboodle. That's called a Prince Albert. They had to design that. Yeah, for camera. Mm-hmm. It's it's a for a it's Hollywood a female gherkin, I believe, is the gherkin. The, ma- the male term is the gherkin, I believe. I thought it was like merkin or something. Mer- like merkin. That's it. What is a gherkin? A pickle. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's a British pickle. Yeah, for the men, it is called a gherkin. Oh, no. The pickle. It's, it's a it's a mince balbert. Okay. Um, they had to make that. They had to make it for a Hollywood film to be uh-huh. seen in a mainstream You don't think they, they went like around the corner and they're like, hey, um, <clears throat> guys over here at the porn studio. <laughs> the brothers you, in studios over here. Can, can you lend, lend us... Lend us your makeup artist. Lend us your ears. And your, yeah. Um, but good for them for I, doing I just, as they're told. Yeah. Cause it's just kind of like you take a job and you're like, yeah. And then you get, yeah, to, you're working on a fairly brothers. Movie, you, you get a fifth right? revision and then they add this thing where it's like, yeah, we're going to, she's going to like take down her swimsuit. And it's like, Oh, okay. So good for them. I kind of want to give this just best man of war. Like he really, he was in a, a scene for like forty seconds, and he rode. He 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 did Ben a great Stiller's job. back, but I'm not going to because that's not a real award. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> oh, oh, when would I ever give that to anybody else? I, I don't know. Um, I'm going to give this. I'm going to give this. Can I? I want to kind of give this the the you deserve better award. Now you're gonna this. This sounds like a worst, but it's not. Okay, hear me out. I want to give this award to Michelle Monaghan. She's been in two movies that we have watched so far. One, Maid of Honor, which Mm -hmm. better than this movie, but still bad. And then Michelle Monaghan is in this one as well. I think Michelle Monaghan deserves better. I think she is outperforming the movies so far that we have seen her in. And I kind of want to give her a gold star. (laughs) I I want to give her best you deserve better. Okay, I'll give it to you. Yeah? Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, well, I I hate to I hate to admit it, but we also have to give this movie um, um, a Golden Sword Award. She a blessing from the Lord. God be praised. The Golden Sword. <laughs> Actually, I am going to give the Golden Sword to the Man of War because <laughs> because I I think he he saw that Ben Ben Stiller was about to break bad and he's like, okay, this might be. You think this is the worst moment of your life? I'm going to kill you and take you out before you can actually get to the worst moment of your life, which is later. Um, <laughs> and so I'm giving it to him. Nice, nice, good choice, Man of War. Yeah, um, I'm going to give it to the graphic designer that they had to hire to make the fake porno cover. (laughs) Yeah. Do you think that was a fake porno? Because they either designed a fake porno cover for this grody VHS tape. Yeah. What was it called? (laughs) Something with like, maybe you could put a a stinger in here. Yeah. Um, they either had to design one themselves or they had to go looking for one. If the audience doesn't know what we're talking about, Basically, Rob Corddry bribes Carlos Mencia down here whenever he goes to Cabo by bringing him one VHS of porn. Yeah. (laughs) 
which apparently you can't get down in Mexico. It's like, I know internet speeds are slow 2007, but I mean, (laughs) it's probably, you're, you're at a resort. It's probably fine. Um, but yeah, they either had to design it or go and find it. And what another weird job to do for a Hollywood movie. Yeah, that's true. So you're giving it to the, giving it to the the porn graphic graphic designer designer. guy. You're really giving it to all the people who made the things around genitalia. Yeah. I just think they got a, they got quite the, the the job to do on this. mm -hmm. So, you know. Here, here. Good for them. Yeah. Well, you're uh, speaking of getting intimate with someone, Ryan. I'd like to ask you, since we went out of order, mm. who would you fall in love with? Are there any circumstances in which uh, the two of you might be more than just good friends? The truth of it is, I loved you from the first second I met you. <laughs> but mostly, I hate the way I don't hate you. Not even close. Not even a little bit. Not even at all. You have bewitched me, body and soul, and I love, and love, and love you. I know. Michelle Monaghan, because she's the only sane, beautiful woman in this movie. Hands down. I think. I also think Boo or Bui. Boo. 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 This is that was a good joke. I <laughs> yeah, liked that joke. It's fun. Uh, I think him. Beryl and Bew were, were, were great too, but I'm going to fall in love with Michelle Monaghan. She deserves me. She does not deserve Ben Stiller. No. Maybe they were trying to do There's Something About Mary, but on crack. Like, just take all those ideas and just make it way worse. Well, no, because there's, just... no, there's something about Mary is like men pawing after women is bad. Yeah. Is like even if they say it poorly sometimes, like we all get it at the end. Yeah. That they they're not even close to that here. It's this man wants this woman and she kind of wants him and they shouldn't be with the other people they're with, but but it's it it's like if you have like if Ben Stiller is the Joker and Michelle Monaghan is Batman, you're like, "Okay, I see that you guys have a relationship." But one of you is the Joker. <laughs> so I probably don't want you marrying the other person. Yeah. Hmm. Well, wait. Michelle Monaghan. Yeah, we, said. we both yeah. fell we in did love it. with Michelle Monaghan. Gosh, that was like the quickest. That was like pulling teeth, you guys. I'm, that was so hard. Like, we, like, it's a short episode this time, but that's okay. Because maybe next week, maybe next week, we can pick a movie that shines just a little bit brighter. Should we like give ourselves a break and like pick something? Do a personal pick so that we can be sure to like get a good palate cleanser. This is what we'll do. Ryan and I are going to jump over to our list and we're going to cull it down to 10 good ones and then we'll do a random one from those. Oh, okay. All right, so we cold 10 great movies, 10 films that both of us would be happy to watch. <laughs> Please, something good. Um, I've actually looked at where all the movies are. I'm going to need you to randomize that list one more time. Oh, again. Wait, again. Okay. Uh, let's go with the uh, first movie on the list, whatever the first one is. All right. We're doing Clueless. Hey, Clueless! Uh, can we have Robin on for just part of it, just so she can talk about her I think love she would, for Clueless? I think she would love to do that. I'm excited, because we watched it a few years ago, and with Robin... It was my first time. Yeah, and yeah. I think I'm due for a rewatch. Yeah, it's definitely like a Gen Xers movie. Mean Girl. Yeah. It's, it's, Gen, it's Mean Girls Gen Xers for Gen Mean X. Girl. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited for this one. This is... I think this is going to feel so much better. Yeah. It's going to be the ice bath that we need after this hard game. <sighs> Believe me. Speaking of hard game, <laughs> uh, poor Ben Stiller after a night with Mullen Ackerman. I mean, him rocking back and forth in his his uh, his little uh, <laughs> cocoon thing. <laughs> While she was sleeping. That was pretty That good. was pretty funny. Again, was, this movie had funny parts. That was funny. I'll yeah. give you that. I felt bad laughing so much during this movie. Me it made too. me feel guilty. Wait, I, did you feel dirty? Yeah. Like a little dirty? Yeah. You're like, it It did feel like... But it, not it, good dirty, like really ashamed. It felt like... Maybe, maybe what it was was a sense of... 
Maybe that's what they were doing. Maybe that's what the Fairley brothers were doing. We're like, we're going to punish our audience so that they'll laugh super hard at our other jokes because they'll, they'll, they'll just not know what to feel. Yeah, I certainly didn't know what to feel. Um, anyways, thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, we've warned you, don't watch this movie. You probably haven't, and you now never will. Next week, it's Clueless. Um, Kelly, I want you to know that I love you so much that I will make sure that for the rest of your life, you will never, ever have to watch this movie again. Wow. I don't think I can top that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you just say, I know. That's I know. the best way to respond yep. to someone saying, I love you. I know. I know. I know. <clears throat> and this is where we will say oh, goodbye. Ryan and Kelly must bid you adieu. Thank you for listening to our review. Rate and subscribe, we'll even take a bribe. See you next week on the Gentleman's Guide. To rom-coms. <laughs>